Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. Welcome to All Things Therapy. I'm your host, Lisa Tahir. I'm a licensed clinical social worker practicing as an intuitive therapy. And there, you're able to do quite a few things. You can schedule sessions with me. You're able to listen to archived episodes of the show. There's a link to subscribe to this show via iTunes or Google Play. You can support this show through my crowdfunding campaign with Patreon.com, which I greatly appreciate. And you're now able to take advantage of discounted offers through the affiliate links that are listed. Go to nolatherapy.com. There'll be on the first page a link to my LA Talk Radio show page, where most of this stuff is. And today's show is brought to you by Audible. You are able to get a free audiobook download and 30-day trial by going to audibletrial.com forward slash all things therapy. Now, for the best part of my show, I am going to introduce my guest. Today, in just moments, I will be with Tara Igo. She is a really interesting package of herself to bring today to us. She's a former executive turned yoga teacher, intuitive healer, and coach. Today, we're going to talk about those things, including her work as a communications expert. She's worked with Fortune 500 companies, and she has a really powerful TEDx talk called The Gift of Tough Times. We're going to discuss that also. Welcome, Tara. Thank you. That got me a little misty-eyed when you introduced me. (laughs) Oh, I'm glad. It's so deserved. Thank you. I never thought I would, for anybody out there listening who is in a corporate setting and you're not happy there, I didn't know for so long how to leave that. I just knew that it didn't feel right to me and my body ever. And um, yeah, so that that made me happy when I heard my little bio. <laughs> I'm so glad about that. And I'm curious where you would like to start since you have done such a range of things and really taken time to find who you are to present yourself to the world and your work. So wherever you'd like to start. I guess, you know, I, if I were listening to this, I would wonder, oh, well, how in the hell did she make that change from this corporate life that she Hated. I had very high paying jobs. I was a corporate communications expert, which um, is hilarious to me. I come from a big family and one of my, I have a great family, but one of the gifts of my family is not always how well we communicate with each other. So I Ah. kind of fell into, yeah, I fell into that, but um, uh, you know, everything happens for a reason. But um, when my dad passed away in 2003, it was, it grounded me. You know, I think that anybody listening, maybe you've had moments like that where you're just (laughs) brought to your knees and I was really close to my dad. And um, so that was the catalyst for me to 
I guess it, I recognized my own mortality and it woke me up and I wanted to do something with um, my love for him to give it back to the world because mm. I knew I wasn't serving in the way that I could. So that's what started it all. So I left uh, the work that I was doing and I started freelancing and I started doing stand-up comedy and storytelling. Just all, I was always a little entertainer and loved my sense of humor. And, um, but I, I always thought I had to be something different in the workplace that didn't breed authenticity. And, um, that was my own doing, but it's kind of like, you know, you fall into a corporate culture and, uh, that's what happened to me. And I lost, I slowly, you know, I think it just happens when I see kids uh, getting ready for school, you know, and they have these giant carry-on luggage cases. I'm like, yes. what in the hell does a five-year-old need with a carry-on luggage? Like, they're holy spirits, and they should just be playing, and they teach us. And I think it just starts there, and slowly we're stripped of this divineness that's in all of us, and we forget. And I and just, I, uh, go ahead. No, you fi finish your sentence, please. And then I'll. Well, I just think that sometimes it takes these moments to, you know, that are really lightning bolt moments to break us out of the trance and help us essentially just to remember, oh yeah, this is who I am. Like I'm this divine being and I'm wearing this stupid mask and, you know, but it, it, uh, yeah, unfortunately, the the pain factor is a catalyst. It's just yes. how we're wired as humans, right? <laughs> yeah, and I'm thinking two different things. the The first one I'm thinking is to backtrack just a little bit because I'm I'm I know when I started researching you, one of the things I wanted to ask, and listeners might be curious as well, is uh, first of all, your client list is impressive. You you've worked with Fortune 500 companies, Mattel, Anheuser Busch. Canon, Tony Robbins, Beachbody, Kinko's, just to name a few for our listeners to know. What exactly is a communications expert and what was it that you were doing in that corporate sense back then? Yeah. So um, I like to describe somebody who's a communications expert as like if I was a doctor, they're like the ER doctor. The ER oh. doctor has to have any every tool that's available to them in medicine and in order to handle any case that walks in the door. So a communications expert is, um, we have all these tools, like for somebody, I might write a marketing plan for someone else. I might media train them for an interview like this for someone else. They might need guidance on the strategy of where their company's going. They might need to know how to communicate best to their uh, target audience. So you have to be, you, you learn how to master subject matter really quickly. And which was great for me because I was a really anxious person. So like my uh, overcharged nervous system, like, and I worked in PR firms. If you ever saw like that show Mad Men. Yeah. Uh, that, which was all about the advertising in the fifties. So I worked in public relations and marketing agencies where it was that fast pace and I'd have like three to five clients at a time and um, would have to just master everything from learning about beer. I used to know everything about Clydesdale horses, <laughs> <laughs> the Anheuser-Busch Clydesdales. I can't remember anything now, but that was like one of my first clients. And then um, just slowly, I, I, I always loved healthcare stuff and 
I've always had a really curious mind, but I, I think that answers the question. For someone like Tony Robbins, I, um, that I worked on his, uh, one of his products, uh, one of his latest products called the Ultimate Edge. He, um, I was the subject matter expert on that because I've always devoured personal development stuff. And um, that was one of my dreams to work with him. And like many other things in my life, it happened uh, through grace and uh, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so we can talk about that too. Yeah. That's awesome. So it sounds like you got to do a lot of nuts and bolts things that, that helped other companies grow and, and such. I, I'm curious if you were drawn to that work initially and then evolved into wanting something else, or if you always knew this isn't quite the perfect fit, fit uh, I, but yeah. you did it anyway. I always knew it wasn't the perfect fit. I always, uh, I was led most of my life by fear. And um, yeah, I don't call it anxiety anymore. I think it's just uh, things that aren't expressed. But um, yeah, I, I, I fell into that. I, I went to the college at the University of Massachusetts. I was interested in things like music, the arts. Uh, I loved science. I always excelled at science, but I was always very good with people. I love people. And part of what a public relations person does is they connect a lot with people. But the reason that my career became uh, dissatisfying to me, at first it was a challenge and it was fun because I was a young woman and had never had a career before. So it was kind of interesting because of the variety. But then I, um, I always loved people and connecting with people and helping people. So I would work in these environments like hospitals uh, and on products like Tony's, but I, I always missed out. I was behind the computer developing the strategy for it or, or um, prepping the spokesperson when I knew that I was that person. So that's a part of a PR person's job is to, to groom the talent to make them, you know, like shine but I always knew that I was that person and I, I, um, yeah. So I just kind of fell into it out of fear, but there's always a gift. There's no mistake. So now all these, yeah. So now all these skills, my curious mind, everything has come together in a different way so that I can be of service. And I think as a teacher and a coach, I can relate to people who have those types of careers or that type of dilemma because I've been there. I, I get it. I know what it feels like to work in a cubicle and, you know, not feel satisfied. You know, and you've been touching on things since we've started that relate. I'm reminded of your TEDx talk, the gift of tough times where you speak about instead of calling something anxiety that you ask, you know, what's the emotion underneath that and, and fear is one of the things that, that came up. Can you talk to our listeners about, about that method and how you came to understand the deeper layers of anxiety? I came to understand it uh, for anyone out there who has <laughs> fear inside of them, that what we call anxiety and stress, which is kind of like a badge of honor in our culture, sadly. Um because I was, uh, I was grounded by it. I thought I was going to die. Um, so I, 
I had all of the tools on uh, the paper of somebody who could master anything. I was certified as a coach through Tony Robbins, who there's no better communicator or teacher. And um, I uh, left uh, everything I knew in Los Angeles, my friends, my career. I moved up to Northern California in 2012 because I fell in love with an arborist. And um, I... uh, what, what I didn't realize was what a huge life change that was. My body was telling me, but I was really good at ignoring the signals of my body. Um, I don't know if I'm answering your question. I'm yeah, kind you of, are. Uh, Please. So I, yeah, so I, um, so I had all of those tools, you know, uh, but what I didn't have was I didn't know how to feel my emotions. I, I think that we all grow up in families that have a d- different emotional vocabulary. And most of those vocabulary vocabularies are very limited. So in my family, they're wonderful people, but in our house, there was a lot of what we call anxiety, right? But there was also, um, yeah, so that was the main emotional vocabulary I knew. Um, or there was peace. So we had one or the other and a lot of humor and love too. But I think that that's the majority of us. We grow up in environments where there's a certain uh, track of emotions that are expressed in the household. And then we go out into the world. And when these other emotions come up, we don't even know what they are. So we Mm -hmm. put the bat, we put a label on them. Oh, I'm stressed. I'm anxious. And, um, that's what was happening to me when I moved to Northern California. And I, I've always had this deep connection to uh, grace. I think we all do. Um, and so uh, throughout my life, I've been humbled <laughs> when these things happen. The Tony moment was working on his product and meeting him. Like that was one of those moments. Teachers come to me like the master teachers when I'm asked for it. And so I was in this relationship that wasn't working. I was so anxious, what we call anxious. I was so filled with fear because I was in this small town, knew no one. And I was really just being faced with my own ego and all of that jazz. But um, I asked for the next teacher. I, I And that teacher who came into my life is John Gray. And he, so for those who don't know who he is, he's a therapist and author of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, probably the most notable relationship expert in the world. Yeah. (laughs) And um, so I remember sitting on my bed up in Northern California and saying, I I just, I think we have to be honest with the universe. We, I'm so good at bullshitting myself. And so yeah. um, I came to this point because I was ashamed that I wasn't leaving this relationship that I didn't know, I, I didn't feel was right for me. So I finally, my conversation with the universe was, you know what, I, I don't have the strength to leave this right now. That's where I'm at. And I just, but I know that I, I deserve something more. And I know that uh, there's a gift in this. So please, would you just send me the ne- next teacher who I can learn from? And literally the next day, um, I got an email from John Gray's office, not to me, but his newsletter. And it was about a seminar. And uh, I thought, oh, 
that's my next teacher. Like there's wow. always this knowing in my Yeah. And so what I learned from John that put the polish on, because I've been a seeker my whole life, as I'm sure you have. I've read about yeah. your background too. Um, and so I've always loved personal development, psychology, anything I can soak in I, as my own little Petri dish to figure myself out. But what I learned from John, and it's in his first book, which is called What You Feel You Can Heal, is how to feel the layers of my emotion. And through a lot of yoga, where I was forced to go into my body and be so, there was nothing else I could do. I was so uncomfortable in my own skin because it was so painful. But I knew I was either going to die from that pain mm-hmm. um, that's what it feels like. I don't know if you've ever been there, but for anyone, yes. like, when you're yes. right, like, oh, it really feels like you're going to die. And because um, the emotions are so, so powerful. Was that? Yeah, they're so powerful. And I think it goes back to that thing about the emotional vocabulary we grow up with. So if you're not used to feeling like sadness or, you know, grief and being able to really identify and express it, it's going to just come up as fear and so your body you don't even know what it is in your body so overwhelming it's so overwhelming and so I just soaked up his John and his team they're such wonderful people such a great man um and he he told he was like you're going through a transformation this when you as you move through different levels of consciousness it's really messy. He was a monk for nine years. Not many people right. know that about him. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So he, um, he's like, what's happening to you is a transformation. It just feels horrible because you're just shedding these old parts of yourself and you have to feel it. And so there are all of these layers under layers of emotion. And I just, um, I learned how to feel it in my body and be with it. And, um, it happened slowly and uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 and that's why I teach now because I gained so much from being in yoga classes, the move, there's so many different types of yoga, but asana, which is the movement part of yoga um, to just get out of my head. That's what I was a master at. When you grow up and you don't know how to handle emotions, you 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 have to intellectualize it because you feel safer in your head than in your own body. Right. And so the gift of that darkest, it was like two and a half years of such pain, um, was I got out of my head and I, my home became my body. And I had never felt that before in my life. And I'm so grateful. And um, when, when did yeah. you start practicing yoga? Did you practice yoga when you were uh, in the corporate setting or was that after you moved to Northern California? How did yoga come into your life? It was another one of those gift moments. I um, was a year after my dad died. um, I uh, got a client at the time that client, that company was brand new beach body, which your listeners probably know them. They make products like P90X and yeah, uh, Power 90, they're so famous now, right? I launched P90X as a PR person, but um, they became my client and they had a focus group uh, for a yoga product. 
called Yoga Booty Ballet. And I started to go to classes. And my, I had a therapist who said to me, Tara, I think you need to uh, get out of your, go into your body. And I kind of put that out to self. I just didn't know fully what she meant. She asked me if I'd ever tried yoga. And so that was in, I think, 2004. And it was really um, difficult for me at first to lay in Shavasana, which is mm. corpse pose, the final pose in yoga. Because when you're laying in that pose, it's really the hardest pose in yoga because you're faced with yourself. It's a metaphor for physical death. And can you lay with yourself in that stillness? You're just laying on the your mat for those who haven't done it before, right? And But you're faced with the busyness of your mind and whatever comes up in your body. And I was so restless in that pose. And it also reminded me of my dad's death. Because when I saw him right after he died, and yeah. it just really got to me. But I just kept going back, and I, um, yeah, that was the beginning of it, of my love with for yoga, and and, and all types of yoga. There is such a, I think, for a person that thinks a lot. Do you happen to be a Gemini? I'm not. I'm a Taurus. Okay, you're a Taurus. And okay. Yeah, but I think that, oh, go ahead, yeah. No, no, go ahead. No, I'm curious about the Gemini now. Sure. So for me, I'm a Gemini, and and we share a lot. When I was researching you, it was like, wow, wow, like all these wows. (laughs) Even when you would have playing like Pema Chodron and and different, you know, like just how you you so wanted to absorb everything on personal development to be your best self and want to be of service to others. That's been such an important part of my life for 20 years in various shapes and forms. And the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. And sometimes that overwhelms me, but I'm, yeah. I'm trying to just accept, like, it's okay, Lisa, like, not criticize myself, just try to embrace myself with, with the grace that you mentioned, and I tend to overthink things. So I used mm-hmm. to be a really active yogi after Hurricane Katrina, and it helped me, I found it so challenging to turn the mind off and be in the present with my body, but I really grew to love it. Because mm-hmm. it felt like a moving meditation. And I actually haven't done yoga in a couple of years. Um, I think I kind of have, to be totally honest, when you talk about not bullshitting ourselves, I became very devoted to yoga going through a relationship transition and then and mm-hmm. then loss. And I think I associate yoga with that sadness. And grief. Ah, yeah. And it, mm-hmm. as I'm sitting with you right now, I'm feeling like, wow, like I think I need to go back to kind of make a new memory of yoga but I really embraced yoga during that two year period of grieving and trying to make sense of, of something that didn't make sense to me. And um, uh, so I think going back could be helpful to kind of, do you have any thoughts on that? Just if someone does have a powerful association of yoga, like what I shared, how to maybe go back. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that um, I can totally relate to everything you're saying. And um, I would say a couple of things. So um, in the West, we think, uh, many people think, and they avoid yoga for this reason, that yoga is just the moving part. And so I hear a lot um, uh, that, oh, well, I'm really stiff. If you could have ever met me, I'm like the stiffest person alive. <laughs> so they avoid yoga because they don't want to be like, 
embarrassed in class or, you know, I can't move like that. So I don't want to go. The movement part of yoga is just one piece. And there are so many types of yoga. Um, there's asana, the moving part, there's chanting, there's all different types of yoga. Kundalini is all about sound and breath work. So my point to that is, um, I teach something called yoga nidra, which we can talk about later, which nidra yeah, I wanted means to know sleep. about that. Okay. Yeah. So there, my suggestion would be, uh, go to a different type of yoga class, just get, because what you're really seeking is that connection to the divine Yes. Chanting. I love chanting so much. I'm immediately, and I love to sing. It can be joyful, right? Like it doesn't have to be like serious. Go to a yoga class where they're playing really fun music. Like have fun with it. Just okay. Sit and chant. Do sit a different type of yoga just to get back into that environment and enjoy it and let go of that old association, right? Um, I would love but, to yeah, try it, that, Tara, a different kind of yoga, because I practiced vinyasa, and then I did Bikram really de de devoutly, I guess would be the word. I did 60 days of Bikram consecutively, and um, and I'm, you know, I didn't let the stiffness part, I'm, I'm pretty stiff, I'm not super flexible, but I just loved being in a space where I just was in that moment. It really brought me to mm -hmm. the present moment, and I don't feel drawn to go back to Bikram. I guess I'm not sure what I'm drawn to. So I would love to try something yeah. like chanting yoga. Yeah. So that, you know, I, so now hilariously, I love how life works. So I became obsessed with yoga in the best of ways. And now I manage a yoga studio um, called Mystic Journey. And the reason I bring up the name is because I am so anti one way of doing things. I really believe that we're all on our own journey for lack of any other word. And so I don't want to dictate to you what tools you need for your journey. And as we all know, once we get through enough of life, different things work for you at different times. So at the studio, we offer all different types of yoga so that you can experience them and and feel out what works for you, you know? Um, and so what I teach, and this relates to what you were saying about avoiding the stuff because it brought up the old, it's a trigger for the old relationship. I teach yoga nidra on purpose because it, so in yoga nidra, it's one of the oldest types of yoga, but it's just becoming known here in the United States. You lay in Shavasana, the pose that you just lay down and you relax. And it's, uh, I guide you through this relaxation process. My voice becomes the replacement for the busyness of your mind. And we walk through each body part to relax it. But you're laying in that pose that used to terrify me. And it was my biggest trigger. And I teach it on purpose because I, I want people to get used to leaning in to what comes up for them in their body and, and, and know that this is like, I'm getting choked up as I say this. Yeah. Our body is always trying to support us. And when you're disconnected from it and you feel those fearful feelings and you try to push away from them, it's just trying to serve you. I, I, and so if, if you can learn how to, how to do that, how to sit with it. And to me, I'm not a meditator. I don't like to sit 
And it's not about stopping the mind, right? It's about feeling what comes up and just with letting it. it, yeah, and be and letting it be. And um, but I so I want that for other people who don't have that because I know how painful it is to be in a body that you don't feel comfortable in and you want to crawl out of your own skin. And as I'm saying that, this comes up for me. I One thing, if I had known this, like in my 20s, I would have not had a lot of coffee. I, I think that we it's not just about physical, the physical piece, right? It, it is that having a whole toolkit to help you. And so like uh, the stress, I don't call it stress anymore, but they call it that at Whole Foods, like the stress aisle at Whole Foods. Like I tried every product there. I'm like, I know everything (laughs) about every like product. I learned what worked in my body and what didn't. I couldn't drink coffee for those two years that because it would send my, I was so sensitive to it. And um, I just think that for anybody out there who's dealing with stuff like that, you look for, I call it the low hanging fruit. It's, it's always something that's really obvious, like look for stuff in your life. For me, it was like (laughs) a relationship that had every red flag. It was like a field of red flags telling me this is not the right relationship for you, but maybe you're not ready to face that yet. That's cool. So maybe you look at your diet, like am I eating a ton of salt and am I drinking a bunch of caffeine? There are little things that you can do without like, going crazy and eliminating everything if you know because we all want joy and but you can clean up some of that and it helps so so much things like taking magnesium do you mind we take a momentary pause for me to do my little commercial break and then I have I have a question for you on this topic sure okay so for the listeners of all things therapy Audible is offering you a free audiobook download and monthly trial subscription. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from, including books I just listened to this week, A Woman's Worth by Marianne Williamson. They also have A Girl on a Train, you know, modern releases. You can take advantage of this offer by going to audibletrial.com forward slash all things therapy. So Tara, when you were just talking, I hear you talking about themes of kind of clearing, um, clearing, I imagine even your space, looking at, you know, your diet, looking at possibly even what's necessary versus what's not necessary. And I'm imagining you went through that very intensely during those two years that were, it sounds like you really had an awakening. Yeah. Is that accurate? I did. I didn't know that's what it was at the time. But it, that's exactly what it was. And I am forever changed. It's amazing. I'm so grateful. So for the listeners <laughs> but it out there. Easy. Yes, that, yeah. that's what I wanted to, to kind of talk about. For the listeners out there that might be going through a transition, which you talk in your work about transitions being transformative, you know, and, and there can be, I know I, I've been experiencing a profound transition and transformation this past year and I'm still in it so even this question is motivated in part my own interest and people out there listening like does the sometimes it feels like there's this like uh, uh boundless grief like does that ever go away and that makes me choke up 
because I guess I've had a challenging year really um, clearing things that aren't good mm-hmm. for me, people that aren't good for me, and trying to do that in a loving way. But it, it's feeling pretty overwhelming. And I guess for the person wondering, like, does this ever, does it really pass? I I love that you just shared that. Thank you. I, I understand that feeling. And um, I, I'm not an authority for everybody else, but I can tell you from my own experience that um, my friend Sarah, and I think the Buddha said, it's all of it. We live in a culture that wants things one way or the other, right? Black or white. I, I either feel good or it's like this or it's like this. But what if the gift, and maybe it's mundane, so it's not as interesting, is that it's all of it at once. It's You feel this grief, and I'm feeling it with you. Um, but I'm looking out at this beautiful canyon as we're talking, and I'm seeing sun hit the trees, and I see these pretty green leaves. So it, it's everything at once. Mm-hmm. Does that? And that so makes sense. I think the... Yeah, and I think the illusion in our culture is we somehow get over it, and then I become like Eckhart Tolle, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't, yeah. but I don't want to be like I'm, you know, I, 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 that's not my version of how I want to be. I've never met him. I'm sure he's lovely, but like, it's different for all of us. And I feel that the richness, and I say this in that talk, especially as women. We are so intuitive. We're so all about feelings. Just feel it and don't make it bad, right? It's just, wow, I'm feeling a lot of grief right now. How beautiful that you just got to share that, that how it connects us to each other. You know, that's the gift of part of the gift of it, that vulnerability that you just had. I feel closer to you because you're so honest about it, right? Like that, that. That vulnerability is the gateway to everything, and it doesn't always look um, happy and, and light. It's all of it at once. And But I do believe, and you've probably experienced this too, like by letting that out and just be, being with it and letting it be what it is, um, it, it opens things up for more joy. Like I was so yes. packed with so many things, right? Like I didn't, I didn't have the capacity to feel real joy um, because I was just too stuck. Right. Um, You know, and and I have noticed that things are more vivid. Like even yesterday when I went for a walk thinking about our show and things that we could talk about, like I'm so much more tuned in to the flowers that are along my mm -hmm. walk, like the leaves, the grass, like I totally things are just more vivid at the same time I'm feeling so sensitive and vulnerable and I felt like I didn't expect to have a moment of my feelings erupting but I feel like you're a safe person to do that with and and I love being authentic on this show because I want people to permit themselves to really be their authentic self as often as they can and create those safe places to do such so I have noticed that though things are more vivid and colorful in a way that I've never experienced. So that's kind of the gift in this grief as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's um, so and there are layers under that grief, right? It's not just John Gray does these things called a Venus talk where it allows women to get that connected back to our feminine in a 
you do it, you can do it with a girlfriend, you can do it with a partner and you, it's this talk where you talk about the things that are coming up for you. I'm sure you could probably find it on his website, but like, it's, you know, what, what do I, what am I feeling ashamed about? What am I embarrassed about? What am I feeling grief about? Like it takes you through every layer because there's more than grief going on. Right. And that's, I think that's the thing that's surprising, right. As you start to feel feelings, you're like, Oh shit. Like I just thought I was through that. I still had stuff from a relationship bubble up that happened a couple of years ago. I'm like, what? Like I I had moved on, but it comes up and it's like, I'm so sick of judging myself. It's like, that's just being human. It's just, and it's the process of healing. As I'm looking at these trees, this might sound (laughs) corny, but like trees just keep growing. Like they have bumps on them. Yeah. Right. And the ocean, the ocean keeps rolling in. I totally am with you on that. And that's what we are. We're just energy. And they have bumps. I'm looking at these trees with bumps all over them. They've been through some shit here in the canyon, but they keep going. They're not judging themselves for it. They just are nature. And that's what our nature is. That is to feel. So, yeah, maybe this this show is like... it is beautiful, but it's like, this is permission to feel your feelings, which in this culture, I think like we need that permission. So. We do. We do. Even, and yesterday and, as well, when I was, go on and then I'll say. No, say it. I want to hear you. Yesterday when I was walking and thinking about our talk today, and one of the things that also came up for me was just thinking how I think as I look at how to be more authentic and I'm working with clients to really identify and express their voice in whatever ways that they are here to, to do that through their vehicles professionally and personally and creatively. Uh, one of the things that came to mind is, is uh, not I'm willing to say fail publicly or make mistakes publicly. And I think that's part of growing. I believe every one of my in air quotes mistakes have been the biggest growth opportunities. And some of them have been public as, as opposed to private. And so I've had to face like, being judged and what other people might think. And it's, it's relieving to, to in some ways just be okay with that. Like if someone misperceives something that I went through, then they just don't have the full story. And it helps me to be more compassionate towards other people that I really don't know what's going on for someone. So I'm, yeah. I'm learning to pause and be less judgmental mental or jump to conclusions because you really don't know what someone is experiencing and so to hold that space for them and inquire, I'm learning to inquire if somebody's acting off to, to yeah. just inquire, hey, how are you? Are you okay? Instead of assuming right. the worst. So that's Instead a of gift making too. it about your, yeah, yeah totally a gift. Tony talks about that. Tony Robinson, he calls it um, getting curious that we're, all of us were either operating from love or fear if we want to just strip it down to the basics. So if you just get curious about, you know, even the person who's like the jackass in traffic or, you know, they <laughs> cut you in line. It's like, okay, it's such a trigger, but like, let's get curious. And maybe they just had a fight. Maybe they just lost a loved one fight with somebody. Yeah. Like it's not about us. It never exactly. is, but it's hard oh. not to take things personally. For some reason, you know, as I think about like, if I were listening to this, like what, I I have this thing in my head and I don't know if somebody out there is in need of this, but 
when I was in that position in Northern California and it was really, really dark, um, I, Tony calls it quality questions, asking yourself quality questions. For some reason, I was always programmed that way to look like you were saying, like, what's the gift in this, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's an important thing for people, if you're going through something tough, to pay attention to the questions you're asking yourself because your brain's going to answer the question you ask it. So there's a big difference between asking, like, why in the hell am I in this position again? Like, mm. what, what, why do I keep repeating this pattern? So your brain's going to be like, well, you are a train wreck and, you know, clearly <laughs> you can't handle your life. Or what if you ask, what's, what's the gift in this? What am I supposed to learn from this? That's a very different answer, right? And I truly believe that I would not bullshit your audience or myself. I truly believe that there is always, it's always a gift. Like I, my car was hit this year and I couldn't, I had severe vertigo for a couple of months and oh, I'm such a physical person. It was really, and to not be able to move and do slow yoga or any of that, it was so uh, scary. And I felt so, I was worried financially, everything. But I kept asking that question, not to make it, it all okay, but I, because I truly believe that it was a gift. And what I saw was in part like, okay, like your life, is not fully balanced right now. And it exposed me to different types of yoga. I really got into chanting and I love that. And I, it reminded me of like, and I did some other things that I wasn't doing because I couldn't hike. And I love hiking so much. Yeah. And I walked by the, the yoga studio in Crystal Gallery. It's in Venice Beach. But I walked by there because I was so pissed off that my body hurt. I'm like, I will not be bound by this. Mm -hmm. Like I am not, I will not give up. I don't care like how much pain I'm in. I have to trust that my body knows how to heal itself. So I went for a walk in my neighborhood and there was this thing being built and I didn't know it, but it was where I work now, but I, wow. I felt very drawn to its energy. Yeah. And I thought, what is that space? I would have not seen it. And it drew um, you, it drew you in because you were it open. drew me in and I knew, and I knew the gift that that's why I was living so close to that space. I would have never walked by it. I was never known about the mystic journey bookstore, which is Ab Abbott Kinney and Venice beach. But that bookstore is now we have a crystal gallery and yoga studio. I wouldn't have known about that bookstore and I was drawn to that bookstore and I only wanted to be working on things that, like, I really believed in. I That, that never would have happened. You. Right, yeah. that were meaningful. And it didn't matter anymore to me. Um, and I know this is hard, especially when you're used to, like, making. I, I've made a lot of money in the past. I'm and sure. That, it doesn't matter anymore. Like, to me... It's so funny because I had so much more money when I lived in Northern California and I was so much in fear uh, and I had all of the 
things that you would think make somebody feel safe, but I didn't have myself. And I didn't feel, like I said before, home with myself. And now, right. So now I can weather anything because I have that, like it's home now. It doesn't, things come up all the time, but it doesn't terrify me. And I think you probably have experienced this too. What you notice as you start to work with yourself in this way, you'll move through things faster. That's the thing. Like when, right. When people start to do practices, whatever works for you, I'm not a, I, I have no desire to tell somebody what maybe for you walking in the woods is what lights you up. Right. Right. But, but when we do those things, maybe it's taking a bath at the end of whatever it is for you, like doing those things regularly change your brain. They calm the nervous system and they allow you to be, not as reactive. Like I'm always surprised. I'm like, wow, that would have sent me over the the edge a few years ago. Like this, like works. Like whole, you know, like you start to see the results of, of your stuff. You kind of reach a, yeah, you reach a tipping point with yourself. Mm -hmm. So also, I think, yeah. And no, finish your sentence and then I'll say, I just think it's the gift of aging too. Like once you've been through enough in life, I'm in my forties, but like you have um, reference points. But you're mm-hmm. like, well, I didn't think I was going to live through that, but I made it. <laughs> it's important to remember, right? It's it important is. to remember that stuff. It's like, what did I do to get through that? Okay. Well, maybe I'll try that again. Like, and draw it, from those yeah. past experiences, navigating other times. Yeah, I want listeners listeners to know about Mystic Journey because it's such a beautiful space. I love when I'm in Los Angeles being able to go to the Mystic Journey Crystal Gallery, which is where you teach. And I'd love for you to let listeners know about your classes and how they can reach you um, and things like that. Wow, thanks. Um, So uh, anybody listening, come to a class. I'll give you a pass if you want to come. Um, so it's Mystic Journey, Crystal Gallery and Yoga Studio. It's on 1702 Lincoln Boulevard in Venice Beach, California. We have an array of classes. We have events. John Gray's coming in March of next year to do a meditation uh, weekend. He just did a women's retreat with us. Um, we have all different people coming and we have we also have practitioners there. So we have coaches, we have energy healers, we have psychic readers. It's We see it as a one-stop shop transformation center, which is so cool for me because it like brings everything I do together. It does. And then you can, it does. yeah, and then you can pick like what heals you. And we have all these magnificent crystals that people just come in and sit with and they're for sale, but they also people come in and hang out with them and just soak in their energy. So to get in touch with me, I think the best way you could email me if you want. I'd love to, if you have any questions, if there's any way that I can be of service, it, just to know that somebody out there is listening and you might need some backup. Like I so get it. And um, you're not alone. So I just, I think that's, <laughs> I think that's, that's what I'm here for. And um, so, so my your email is, can I give yeah. my email? It's Please. Tara. It's Tara at mystic journey, com. And my TikTok you can find on YouTube. 
Yeah, Tara at mysticjourneyla.com. Okay. And just for listeners, if you have not been to Mystic Journey Crystal Gallery, please go. The crystals are as big as humans, and you can touch them. (laughs) And the energy, it's just the most beautiful space. And everyone I've met there is wonderful. And it's just such a beautiful place that exists in our world. And I feel just so grateful to know of it. Thank you. I really appreciate that. My last question for you, Tara, is is just what are some of the most important things for you to leave as your legacy in the world? Like, what is it that's really important in closing for that you really want people to know? Wow, that's a big one, Lisa. That's ending with a bang. Yeah. Um. Wow. I guess for me, it's important for me to be in my truth and um. Just, and also I like to provide environments where people feel safe, um, where you can come in and just like for a minute, drop your burden. Because for, I think that's some, a gift of my family, uh, a level of kindness for humanity. That to me is one of my finest gifts and it's from my family. So that and just really not bullshitting myself. I think that's what I want. As my legacy. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love your authenticity. Yeah. It's just beautiful. You're such a beautiful Thank spirit you. and person. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I really appreciate you taking your time today to be with us, Tara. Thanks. It was a pleasure and um, really good talking to you, too. Thank you for everything that you're doing. It makes a big difference. You're so welcome. Is it okay if I give listeners your uh, website as well? Yeah. Uh, the Tara I Go. on it, but go for it. Oh, the blogspot Tara, one? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Tara I Go, I-G-O-E dot blogspot dot com. And then this show will be on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. I'll send it to you later on this evening. And so Thank listeners you. can definitely come to one of your classes and check out Mystic Journey and just keep spreading health and well-being yeah and don't give up like there's always somebody going going through what you're dealing with so there's a buddhist meditation called tonglen that i teach in my classes but look it up on youtube it's all about teaching us that we have the capacity to handle anything tonglen t-o-n-g-l-e-n that might help somebody out there too you know, and earlier today, I was just speaking of Tonglen to one of my clients. So we're super in sync today. Ah, I love it. <laughs> I love it. So cool. Thank you, Tara. Have the best day. Thank you. You are welcome. Take good care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. That concludes our show for today. Join me next week at the same time. I hope you have a great week. Bye-bye. Listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir only on LA Talk Radio. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.